hand up and greet them. This is Ashley. That's not my wife, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sad, I was sad that pastor wasn't here, but you know what, every every pastor, everybody gets, most everybody in the, if you're in the world working for the world, you probably get, my dad gets, he works for the distribution center for Target, and he gets like five weeks plus holidays, and so pastors usually don't get vacation time, on, like blocked out, and so it's good, I know it's it's hard when your pastor's not in town, and there's, because I know it's it's hard, it's tough. But trust me, when he goes and gets to re-energize for a week, and then, then he takes another, he, it's good for him. I know it's hard for you, but, you know, if you want a pastor to be here for 30 and 40 years, in our culture and how fast-paced our lives are, they need vacations. They do. Everybody agree? Amen? So when he gets back, you just tell him that I really plugged his vacation time. I want sure, to make sure I'm on the right side with the pastor. I want to make sure I'm on the right side with the pastor. But, no, it's good to be here. Love, Pasadena. We were, uh, yesterday, we were doing, a, we drove, we left Temecula yesterday morning at 7.30. We drove up to Big Bear to do a college and career retreat. And um, it was great. We had a great time. Man, the Holy Ghost moved last night, and so we didn't get out of there until about 10.30. So we arrived, and we actually went over to Coopley's, brother and sister Coopley, and, and we went over to their house and crashed at their house at about 12.30 last night, woke them up. And Brother Coopley, you know, they're, they're not 25. They go to bed a little earlier. So at 12.30 when we were knocking on the door, you know, his hair was kind of like, you know. And so, but we got to spend the night with them. And we spent a little bit of time with them this morning. And then they were off and running. And then we were here and we're glad to be here. And then we'll be shooting out of here in a, after church and driving to San Diego for a 5 o'clock service. So you pray for my wife, not me. <laughs> Because she's preaching tonight. <laughs> so, but no, it's such a good, good to be with you guys and love you all so much. I've been tossed about what I would preach this morning because you guys are such a great crowd and a great group of people. And I, I see some young people here and I see some older people and some middle marrieds. And I just want to speak from my heart for just a few minutes. Is that okay? The phrase, burn the ships, and I do apologize I didn't know you guys had switched over to all Mac upstairs, and I am a Mac person, but most churches you go to, they're not all Mac. So I brought a slide deal for my sermon, and I apologize. She sent me a note and said that it won't work. So I'm sorry. I can't see you because of the banners, but I do apologize. The phrase, burn the ships, comes from a historic conquest of history when in 1519, the Spanish conquistador Hernando Cortez landed in Mexico on the shores of Yucatan. With only one objective, he wanted to seize the great treasures that were known to be there. They were hoarded. They were hoarded by the Aztecs. Cortez was committed to the mission, and his quest for riches is legendary. He was an excellent motivator. He convinced more than 500 soldiers and 100 sailors to set sail from Spain to Mexico. He commanded 11 ships to take the world's greatest treasure. The historic question is how a small band of soldiers 
could take the treasure from such a great empire? For Cortez, the answer was easy. It was all or nothing. A complete and total commitment. Here's how Cortez got everybody to buy in. And he was reading in, in through the history and in, in the, in the journals here. He took away the option of failure. He took away the option of going back. He told his men, he said, burn the ships. Burn the ships. And at first, the soldiers and the, and the sailors began to get mad, and they began to argue with him and, and rebuttal with him, and they began to argue with him. And he said, no, he said, burn the ships. He said, this is very important. He said, if we're going back to Spain, we're going back in their ships. So many times in our life, we give ourselves too many options to go back. I, I still believe that my worst day serving Jesus is better than the best day I ever had in the world. Some of you need to say to yourself, burn the ships of my past. Burn the ships because I'm not going back. I am all in. I am committed. I am sold out. Burn the ships. Somebody say, burn the ships. <laughs> you may stand with me. You may stand with me. I'll read Joshua 3 and 15. Joshua 3 and 15. We're not going back. There is no escape. We are burning the ships because we're moving forward. Moving forward. Joshua 3 and 15. And as they that bear the ark were come onto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim or the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows its banks because it was harvest time, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon heap very far from the city of Adam, that is beside Zaratan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain even the salt of the sea failed and were cut off and the people passed over right against Jericho and the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over to Jordan. Lord, your word is anointed all the time. So I'm asking you to speak through me your mouthpiece to everybody here and myself. Let us all be hearers and doers of the word, God. Touch every one of our hearts. Lord, your anointing breaks the yoke in this place. Lord, release your angels in this house. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over everybody in this room. God, because we want to go home better. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We are victorious. Lord, we are your children. We are your creation. We were made in your image, and you're going to call us one day into heaven, and we're going and everybody say in Jesus name you may be seated there is power in a made up mind I a few years ago when I was in Orange I took the youth group on a trip to Mexico and we went down we, went, we drove four or five hours in and I didn't realize just four or five hours in how drastic the difference was from Orange County and so we drove in and I took these kids and these kids didn't realize the drastic difference between Orange County and going four and five hours into Mexico. And the churches were so sweet. And the people, we, we had kids get the Holy Ghost. I had teenagers praying for people that came blind and their eyes were open. I mean, it was, it was amazing things that happened on our trip. It was, it was awesome. And, I, and then just recently I was thinking of, of the kids on that trip. We took about 30 of them. 
And that was probably in 2005, so six years ago. And I began to think of some of the young people that I took on that trip. And I began to think of one particular guy and, and his wife. They're now married. They're 22, 23. And they went, and he's the youth pastor now of a church. And he's doing awesome, and, and they're doing great things, and they're just doing great. And then I thought of another girl that went on that trip, and that was when we used to, the UPC had a church in, in TJ, and we had an orphanage there. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Brother Dross had an orphanage right in TJ. And we went over there, and one of the girls' hearts was so moved at that orphanage that when she graduated high school and she went to college and got her AA, she took two years off, and she went to Tupelo. And she's, she just is returning this year after giving two or three years at Tupelo, serving the children and serving in our orphanage. And my heart was, I'm so excited for some of these. And I think of another young lady who, who went to Stockton Bible College. And, and now her and her husband are the music directors and children's pastors in a good church in Louisiana. My heart is excited for those young, young people. They're still my young people. They're still my kids, right? And then I begin to look around about some other young people that went that had great potential, that had great ability that, man, when church was going on, they wouldn't miss. We had Friday night youth service, and they were always there. And I would suggest that some of these people are still hung over and haven't woke up this morning. Some of those people, that breaks my heart. One of the first kids I baptized, I know that he is still hung over. He's 23. He's on his second wife. But there, what is the difference between the A, the Marco, the youth pastor, the Nicole that works at Tupelo, and B or C, the Ashley, who is a music director in, in, in Louisiana, and my good, good friend, and I, I prayed for this kid, and I love him, who is probably in a drunken stoop over, and he's living with his second wife with children that are not his, and I'm not, a, I'm not bashing that, but I'm saying, what happened to this guy? What happened to them? You see, I would suggest that it was the power of a made-up mind. When you decide that I am burning the ships, that I'm not leaving myself an option to go back. I still believe there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. I still want to walk on streets of gold. And I don't just want to be there, but I want to see you and your children and all your relatives. I want us to make it to heaven. Somebody say, burn the ships. Because the lack of a made-up mind is deadly. The difference between the ones who somehow lost their way and you. The difference between the ones who aren't here and Brother Steele. The difference between the ones who are alcoholics and the one who is now a youth pastor. I would suggest that both people have had troubles. You've had mountains to climb, and you've had valleys to go through. But you made up your mind that I am putting my roots down in a oneness apostolic church. I'm raising my kids where they baptize in the only name given among men, whereby we must, we got to put our roots down. we got to get a made-up mind. We don't need to be transients. We don't need to be chasing the next biggest church. No, you need to be chasing Jesus Christ with everything you got. Yeah. 
I'm so exhausted of going to youth convention and youth convention and preaching and singing and doing music and not seeing the kids that are supposed to be there. I get exhausted because kids don't make up their mind to serve the Lord. Let me tell you, it ain't your daddy's religion. It's not your mama's religion. It is your religion. It's your God. It's Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you. I'm not mad at anybody here, but I hate the devil. And I'm so tired of him stealing our young people, stealing our college age. Burn the ships. Let's all go to heaven. You've had setbacks. I've had setbacks. I know that we come to church and we get dolled up and we look good. And as the preacher, I'm supposed to, you know, it's my profession. But preachers have bad weeks. You have bad weeks. We all got family. We all have issues. But we make up our mind that we're going to serve the Lord. I hear from young people that talk to me about their calling. Youth conventions and camps, they're They're awesome. And a lot of times at youth convention camps, people hear from God. Young people get a calling. And I listen. I listen intently. But some of them have that calling and they feel a burden to do something. But they never go home and live a changed life. Because when Monday rolls around, they still hang out with the same people that they used to hang out with. Now, let me, let me explain. You've got to be in this world, and we've got to win this world. But who is influencing who? Are they taking you to the bar, or are you taking them to Jesus? Are you going clubbing, or are you bringing them in here where the joy of the Lord is our strength? Who you hang out with still determines who you're going to be. It's a principle that doesn't change. James 1 and 8 says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. There's so many options in our day and age. I didn't have time to look it up. But I would suggest that in Pasadena alone, there's probably over a thousand restaurants. Easy. The question isn't, Usually, if we're going to eat, the family argument, discussion, is where we're going to eat. Well, I don't feel like Pizza Hut. I don't feel like El Pollo Loco. I mean, we're on our way here from just El Monte, just driving on the side streets, sitting on the freeway. We were having a multiple discussion about where, what we wanted for breakfast. My wife, we had great day. Every and it's I've never been to a retreat where everything was homemade. Everything yesterday they made was homemade. I'm, I mean, and it, and it was great Mexican. I'm telling you, it was good food. But I felt last night. You asked my wife. She woke up. I was sitting on the chair. I felt like someone put a fire in my stomach last night. I should not have had nine rolled taquitos dipped in the homemade green sauce. On top of the beans that I, oh man, they were, I th- I've never had heartburn like that. I thought I was going to die last night. I was going to call pastor and say, you better get somebody else because I'm going to die in Coopley's house. 
It was so good. I'm telling you, it was so good. So the discussion this morning wasn't if we were going to eat. We roll in a jack, bo- jack in the box and you got three bucks and you walk out with two breakfast jacks and a Coke. And that three bucks is more than some people make in a day. And I just dropped it at Jack in the Box. I probably had $3 in change in my car. Probably 10 if you looked under the seats. Nobody in a, a, a third world country would even think about spending $3 on a cup of coffee. But man, we roll in the Starbucks. I want the garage. No, what's the new Beyond Venti? They got the new one. Trenti? I'm like, is that like a liter? And I'm not bashing having options, but sometimes we get so many options, we get distracted, and we don't make things priority that need to be priority. I love the Los Angeles Lakers, and I want them to win, but if their game is on Sunday, my tail needs to be in the house of the Lord. Go Chargers, go Raiders, but when it's church time, it's time to be in church because I'm not a double-minded man. Let me, let me tell you, if you're the dad of the home, you need to be the priest of the home. You better say, baby, we're going to church. Get the kids out of bed. We're going to church. It is the Lord's day. As for me and my house. Somebody look at the enemy and say, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Lakers win, Lakers lose. I serve the Lord. Trouble comes, trouble goes. I serve the Lord. Whatever comes our way, we're sold out. Somebody say yeah. Yeah. Man, I feel like we're in a camp meeting. But I know you're getting hungry. Now, I don't have any uh, anything against. I I had an Xbox 360. Somehow it got broke right before I got married. I don't know how that. Happened. But look, look, it's not even. It's the Xbox 360. It's the Wii, and now it's the Xbox Connected and the PS3. And they're gonna come out with the PS4. And they're gonna come out, and it's not just the iPod or the iPod Touch or the iPod Video. It's the iPad. Do you realize that laptops will probably be obsolete in the next three years? Because everybody will have one of these. And I'm, look, I'm preaching out of it. I'm not against it. But we have too many options that we don't make things a priority. No one in here wondered if you had anything to wear. And I, I, I've only been married a little bit, but I had a mom. In the closet was, shit, don't tell my mom if you ever meet her. She has a walk-in closet full. Now, and my mom is like, if you don't know her, she's like the coupon queen. Target, so I'm not joking, Target sometimes gives her money when she leaves. We were at the store, we were at the store for Christmas, and my mom was going through her cart. She goes, I got to put something in here, they're going to have to give me a dollar. And she had like 20 items in her cart. And so she has this whole closet full. And then she started, when my dad wasn't home, sneaking into his closet. He came home. He called me. He was so aggravated. He said, Mark, she kicked me out of the walk-in closet in our bedroom when you moved out. 
She said, now it's been eight years and she's got that full. I come in and my suits are all pushed to the side. She's got tan dresses in there. But the question isn't if we have anything to wear. Even if we're truly, really getting to, to the times are tight, Dave Ramsey says, I guarantee, he goes, this is what Dave Ramsey says, cook, make everything in your cupboards before you go buy anything else other than milk and like stuff that would, ex- would expire. He says, you can probably make it another two weeks. At least. Why? In America, our struggle isn't what we have. Our struggle is to focus on God and what's important and what truly matters. I know, we, and I, trust me, we need to work hard. That's a biblical principle. Go to work and work hard. But we need to remember that we are just travelers passing through this land. This life is like a vapor, but eternity, honey, let me tell you, eternity is forever and ever. And, and when you think it's over, it starts again ever and ever. I don't want you just to have a good life here. But I want you to burn the ships of your past so we can forever rejoice together in heaven. You see, it's the floating options in our life that we need to burn. I know you're not a sailor. Is there anybody in here from the Navy? See, we're not in San Diego. There's some. Okay, you're, you're a real sailor. Don't correct me on anything. Just tell me later. But we have floating options, things we haven't let go of. I won't break anything, I promise. But it's like we got this cord attached to our past. And we, ne- we can't only get so far. Because that ship can't come off. Your path can't come in to the promised land with you. Who you used to be can't roll in to heaven with you. So you got to make up your mind that, you know what? My mind is made up. I'm not a double-minded man or a double-minded woman, but I am sold out, committed to this thing because I believe that Jesus Christ wasn't just some figment of my imagination, but he really walked on this earth. And we're going to celebrate his resurrection one week and forevermore, just like he rose from here. We're going to forevermore be with him in heaven. People in the Bible burn ships. I'm going to be quick. We got baptisms. We're going to celebrate. I believe we got three, maybe four, and maybe some more. Anybody wants to be baptized? The people in the Bible burn the ships that eliminated them from God's plan. They burn the ships. Look, 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 look. Joshua had never parted the water before. He didn't know. I mean, he had Moses as an example. You've had your parents as an example. You've had pastors as examples. You've had great leaders that have been examples to you. But it is time for the college and career and under that to realize that today is your day. This is your generation. This is your time. I'm sorry. Your grandma and grandpa aren't going to bring the revival that this world needs. The revival is going to come from the first two or three rows in this church. I love what our grandparents have done. And my grandfather started a church. But I need young people, young ladies that buy into this thing. I am so happy. Come on. You don't want to be normal. You don't want to be a drug addict. You don't want four or five marriages. No. With Jesus Christ, we can be 
super. Listen, listen, listen. The Olympics. Look at the Olympians. If pain wasn't part of the equation, how hard would the challenge be? Another Olympian said this. If life and limb do not hang in the balance, what would the gold be worth? What would it be worth? The Olympian said this, and it goes for everybody in this room. We're not paid a salary. This is something someone does for the love of the sport. It will cost you something to live for God. I can't take that equation out. The Bible still says, take up your cross and follow me. That means we're going to have things to carry in this world. We're going to have things we have to hold on. We're going to have weight. We're going to have things that we've got to deal with. But if we keep our mind focused, get off all of our options. I ain't going back. I'm not going back the way I used to be. I'm not going back to those problems. I'm not going back to those issues. But I'm moving forward. I'm burning the ships of my past. Some of you, I know it's, it's hard, and, and I have not been, I've only been married six months, and, but they say the hottest love has the coldest end. Oh, I fell in love on Facebook. No, no, no. I know they go to UPC church, but you fly back, and you spend two or three weeks with them. Because you know you can fake anybody out on Facebook. You can look. I can make myself look like 150 pounds on Facebook. I can whiten my teeth. I can do all sorts of clean. You know, you can make your perfection, your skin just look perfect. And No, no, no. You go back. <laughs> Friends determine who you are. What relationships you are involved in that are keeping you from your dream. What is that ship? Burn the ship of the cool zone. Burn the ship of just being, you know what, I'm cold. You know what, I just, I just so wish, and I, I love when I w- roll into a church and everybody's worshiping great here, but I love when I see young people that, you know what, they're college, they're going to great schools, they're educated, but they're in here just worshiping God. Burn the past ship of your sin. Because do you remember what the Bible says in the Old Testament? When I fall, I shall arise. Do you remember the New Testament? I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Uh, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am, you are victorious. When Satan tells you you're worthless and you gets down on your self-esteem, you turn around and look at him and say, Satan, hell wasn't created for me. I still got an option of going to heaven. You look at him and say, hell is your prison for eternity. But heaven is my place to rejoice forevermore. Oh, somebody say yeah. Burn the past. Burn the past. Burn the ship of your temptation. Psalm says, let not my heart be drawn to what is evil. Take part in the wicked deeds with men who are evildoers. Let me not eat of their delicacies. You got, sometimes young people, old people, I, and I'm so, I get so heartbroken for marriages that break up in church. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, that lady at work, husband, she ain't worth it. 
That lady at work, she ain't worth it. She's not that good looking. She's not the mama of your children. She ain't going to make you that much happier. No, let me tell you, in fact, you're going to be much worse with her. You're going to miss your kids. You're going to miss those family dinners. Make up your mind. Burn the ship of temptation. Corinthians says no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will always provide a way of escape. The next part, that you may be able to endure it. You can make it through whatever you're in right now. You can endure it. It's a promise from the Bible. You need to claim it. Say, I take this word and I claim it. Someone say, I'm going to make it. Listen, listen. Burn the ship of depression. The joy, Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Psalm 16.11, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalms 30 and 5, weeping may endure for the night, but you're going to make it because joy comes in the morning. Psalms 32, be glad in the Lord and rejoice and shout for joy. Come on, help me shout for joy. Let me explain. Some of you don't, they're thinking I don't have any joy. It doesn't say shout because you are joyful. It says shout for joy because it's coming. One more time, shout for joy. Listen, listen, listen. In this day and age, in this current place we're in, there are churches that believe in the Holy Ghost and evidence of speaking in tongues, and I'm happy for them. But we got to burn the ship of false doctrine. We don't, uh, you get your education, and I'm glad. My wife's getting hers. I've got mine, and and college is awesome. But you got to burn the ship of false doctrine. It is important what name you're baptized in. Don't believe those guys. Read the Word of God. My Bible says repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins. I don't believe some guy at some other church. I believe the Word of God. If they ain't preaching the Word of God, you don't need to go there. Burn the ship of false doctrine. Let me explain. I still don't believe you are saved at repentance. You are saved when the Holy Ghost comes out of your mouth and you speak in tongues with a different language. That's the Bible. we got to burn those ships. First Corinthians, burn the ship of immorality. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be fooled. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some... Of us were. But we were washed. You were sanctified. We were justified by the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're burning the ships on any immorality. 
I'm wrapping up. It's 125. I am not an end times guru. I don't spend eight hours a day reading revelations and figuring out who China is and who Russia. But I do believe, I do believe we are closer to the end times in Jesus Christ coming back than we've ever been. I'm not going to tell you it's 2011 or 2012 or whatever new movie's out. I'm not. But never before, when I was a kid, they could never have televised if three or two men were dead in the street in another country and they rose from the dead. What it talks about. They could have never, not millions and millions, the whole world could have seen that when I was a kid. Because even when I was a kid, not everybody had TV and nobody had internet. Never before, in, so when I was a kid, could they put the chip in people's hands or in their foreheads. No, never before. But they can now. Never before could we have imagined a cashless society. My grandfather and my dad still carry cash. And I just fall into the American trap. I just use my debit card everywhere I go. And I'm not here to scare anybody. I'm not, I'm not trying. That's not my deal. But my deal is this. We are so close. And we're closer than we were last week or yesterday. I can't say he's coming tomorrow, but I'm saying you better get your heart right. Burn the ships on our past. Burn the ships on false doctrine. Burn the ships on being normal and just, and just living like every other typical Christian. But we need people that buy into this thing completely sold out. Some of you may remember this. Do you remember that little girl, Jessica McClurry? Remember she fell? It was in 1987. I was 10 years old. She was only 18 months old. And she was out playing in the backyard with her cousins. Let me tell you, some of you that don't know the story, they're younger than me. She lived in Midland, Texas. She was out playing in the back backyard. Her mom went to answer the phone. They didn't even have cordless phones in 1987, let alone cell phones. The house phone actually rang. She goes, answers the phone for just a minute. She said she comes out because she's babysitting. And she didn't, couldn't find Jessica. And she saw the other toddlers over at the well. And they're looking down. And she thought, surely she can't even fit in there. But she, said she, she goes, I ran over there. And I looked down. I could just see a little bit. could hear her down there. It's about 70 feet all the way to the bottom. She fell 20 feet. I don't know how high this is to there. Maybe close to 20 feet from the very top to the here. 18 months old. And they think what happened is she... She walked over, and the kids were playing, and being a little toddler, she sat on the edge of that thing like this, dangled her feet. And they were figuring, people that are much smarter than me, that when she went to get up, she went like this, and just went, it was 18, just big enough for her to fall in. Something 
in there had squeezed it together, else she would have fell 70 feet into like an underground river and they would have never found her. So they, she calls 911. The sheriff gets out there. He's the first one on the, on the, on the team, on there. He comes in and he said this in his interview I was reading. He looked down and the first thing he did is he got on his phone. He called everybody in the city of Midland and said, I don't care what you're doing. I'm, I cannot, I don't know how to get her out of there alive. I'm not smart enough. And all the best people from Midland rolled in. And then the TV crews rolled in. And they're videoing. Became, it would be, I remember we watched it during school. And, and, and it was just exciting. And then, so the best people in America were flying in. And then next thing you know, the smartest engineers in the world are flying in. Because if they go straight down next to her, and anything happens, they shake her loose. She falls 70 feet and is gone. So they went over about 20 feet. They dug down to where she was. I think it might have been 22 feet, actually. I'm trying to remember the article. And they dug a tunnel across to her. And it didn't take, they thought, well, maybe it'll take us a day. It didn't take 24 hours. It didn't take 48 hours. I believe it took them 72 hours to get that tunnel dug over. Because if they dug too fast and it shook it. And so every, every little while, every hour or so, they would take a microphone and they'd put it down there to this little girl. They could hear her breathe. You know what they could hear her singing? At 18 months old, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. So they... That's a whole other sermon. And so they dug over to her. And they sent down this young guy. Because that'd be, I couldn't, that'd be one of these young guys over here, skinny. And they, they, they sent him down. There was one of the rescue workers. And he said he, they got over there and they put some, like a board underneath her. So if she did, they, they would catch her. So he, he said he got all the way over there. I remember the news. It was like, they said, they've sent him down. And I remember watching it. I was like, she's going to come out. They're going to get her. So he went down there. And they said, they think he's coming back. He's been down there like an hour. They think he's coming back. They think he's coming back. He came out with nothing in his hands. It was like the whole nation just went. <sighs> Everybody began to cry. People there, workers, began to cry. This little girl is going to die in that well. And one of the doctors came to him, one of the head doctors in America that worked with children, children's doctor. And she said this. She said, she grabbed him by the arm, said she grabbed him very, very firmly. And she said, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what you have to do. If you have to break her arm or break her leg, that little girl has less than two hours. You get her out alive so we can take her to the hospital and make sure she's okay. He went back down. You know the story. He comes out with that little baby girl. They had to make their mind up that they were getting her out no matter what. You got to make your mind up. Will you stand with me? You've got to make your mind up. That you're coming out of this thing alive. I don't.
don't want to leave anybody here when that trumpet sounds. Submission of our life to the will of God, no matter what the cost. In Deuteronomy, God spoke to him. He says this, you you have dwelt long enough in the mount. You've dwelt long enough where you're at. Move in to the promised land. And you can't bring all these ships, these floating options with you. Here's an opportunity to wow yourself in God's presence one more time. Walt Disney says this around here. However, we don't look backwards for very long. We keep moving forward, opening new doors and doing new things. Because curiosity leads us down the path. And he says this, to new victories. size, there's no doubt. But can you move forward today? Like Disney says, don't we don't look back. We look forward. Is there a young person who says, I need to move forward? Is there a married couple? Is there a husband that wants to grab their wife's hand and say, babe, let's go down. We're moving forward. come. I'm I'm inviting anybody here. For the next, we're going to baptize some people, but I'm inviting you to burn some ships. Will you step forward? Will you gather around here? Will you just move out in the aisles? I don't don't know you, and I'm I'm just I'm a visiting minister, but I'm asking do you need to burn some things? anybody in that well. I don't want to leave anybody down there in the bottom. I want everybody to have the opportunity to go to heaven. Come on, it's okay. Step forward. Young, old, married, single, divorced, brokenhearted, depressed, discouraged. Come on, this altar's for you. You've been going through a trial. You've been going through a test. Come on. Come on. Altar workers, help me. Come on. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. You're coming out of that well. You're coming out. You're coming out.
afternoon we're going to baptize Rebecca uh, Calderon. And um, she came with Brother uh, Rick to our, our life groups. And so we appreciate all the hard work that everyone's been doing with our life groups and, you know, the witness and the testimony Brother Rick has been sharing with people at his and his neighbors. And so we've got a lot to be thankful for today. We've got a lot to rejoice for. Amen. Isn't God good? Let's all put our hands up to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's pray for Rebecca. That God blesses her. And that God, you know, this is a brand new beginning for her. Amen. Like I explained to her earlier that God today is washing the slate clean. He's wiping it clean. And she's getting a new start. So let's pray for her and all of her sons. And we're going to be baptizing two of her sons. Amen. So that's awesome. Father, we thank you for your awesome love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace, God. We thank you for the opportunity, God, you're giving us today, God, to baptize Rebecca, God, in your precious name. God, we pray that you just use her for your kingdom, God. Use her for your glory, God. God, that she find each and every day new and are fresh in you, Jesus, because you're an awesome God. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. 